Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's Val Spar Championship. Joining me to break it all down, I've got him. It's Mark Immelman. Good to see you, Mark. How's it? How are you, man? It's good to be with you guys. It's been a while, uh, but it's been a few manic weeks on PGA Tour Live. I mean, the days have been long, but it's good to be back. Yeah, good to chat some golf with you. And before we even jump into the top of the leaderboard, I'll just spoil it. Our leader, 18 under par, Mark, through 54 holes. This is not your usual Valspar championship in terms of scoring, is it? Uh, no. Uh, well, it was actually, we, we got advanced notice because obviously last week with the Players' Championship, it was like Armageddon rain. We got here through North Florida, certainly, and and it was a once-in-a-lifetime sort of event with over five inches that, that hit the golf course up here in Jacksonville. And then a uh, day and a half off or whatever it was, and then back at it in Tampa, and one of our, our on-course rover just called me and he said, look, this place is receptive, it's green, but some of it, uh, it's they had a warm lead-up to the event, and so some of the uh, overseeded rye rough had burnt out a little bit, so you're getting the fairways rolling a bit, but the greens are still very receptive. And so it's the perfect sort of a recipe for good scoring. And then that overseeded rough, which is normally punitive, that's been sort of mitigated a little bit too. So with less dangerous rough, with faster fairways, so the course is playing shorter, and then with very receptive greens, these guys are going to have their way with this place. And uh, and we've, see, we've seen a lot of that, to be truthful. Well, Davis Riley took that recipe and cooked up a 62 mark on Saturday. It was bogey-free. He was freewheeling it out there, and he is going to sleep on the lead for the first time in his PGA Tour career. Two shots clear of Matthew Neesmith. Yeah, it was beautiful play by by him today, and to do that alongside Justin Thomas was just – it was a mammoth a mammoth feat by Davis Riley. But the word on him is he's good, and so I had made a point of watching him uh, certainly late in the fall last year and then early this year. And he's got a beautiful golf swing. He hits it flush. And he's sort of mature beyond his years in a funny way, kind of like Marikawa. And today was, if there was a moment that a young rookie was going to kind of just capitulate and fall over, it might have been today. But the good thing for uh, Davis Riley playing alongside his good buddy, Justin Thomas, who to anyone else might have been quite intimidating, I think it was a source of comfort. And then to go out there and shoot 62, that was bananas. And then there was one sort of moment that for me was maybe an inflection and maybe a, 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 a harbinger for what we might see tomorrow is that on 17, the penultimate hole, they both had good ones in there. JT makes birdie and then Davis Riley tops him. Now that speaks to a guy that's got like big stuff, you know, and uh, that was so impressive. And then to par the last and to put that score on the scorecard and hold the lead, I'm sure he's feeling like a million dollars right now. Now, look, we're a long way removed from this time tomorrow evening when they hand out the trophies. But right now, he's sitting pretty. And uh, 
to be honest with you, what I saw today, he's going to take, it's going to take some going to beat him. Davis Riley described that Alabama mojo as he called it, Mark, after his round playing with Justin Thomas. And then we got word from JT who said, quote, big moment for a rookie and anybody. He handled it like a rock star and made nine under look very, very easy. That's why I've taken a liking to him and, and thought the world of his game. So those are uh, top tier words from a top tier golfer. Yeah, game, Rick game and if you just watch him play everything about him just looks like it comes so easy and 62 around here i don't care if it's soft or not that is some special round and what neesmith did yesterday afternoon in the on friday afternoon i was like what golf course is this guy playing because it was blustery and sort of windy out there but it's just indicative of who these young players are they come up uh, they come up uh, through the mini tours and then the corn ferry tour and they're just so well prepared that when they get out here they essentially fearless and they're not afraid to play offense and then more importantly i don't think they're that afraid of failure because they know they just need one week and one big week to set themselves up for a couple of years so instead of like in years past when young rookies would come out and go well i've got to play consistently and play well and make enough money and keep my card and stuff like that these dudes are like well one week i do the trick and then i'm set and so they play that way, and, and it was fun to watch a, a really good young golfer at full flight this afternoon. Career low, 62 for Davis Riley. Two shots clear of his closest chaser, Matthew Neesmith, who followed up his Friday 61 mark with a Saturday 69, and it finally happened. He finally made a bogey the 10th hole of the day for him. So obviously off to a very good start, and he too positioning himself uh, to kind of get that, that first win, that big moment early in his career. I would say so, and if you were to make lemonade out of lemons, if you're Matthew Neesmith, I'd sort of go, well, you know, there's a certain freedom for play, not playing with a lead. You know, that chaser's mandate to be able to just go and freewheel a little bit and play the chaser. Whereas if you're the leader, you've got the target on your back and all you can go is down. So maybe yeah. having to lead for a little while and having to deal with that, it's challenging and it's taxing mentally and emotionally. And he came out and played really soundly today. Yes, it showed a little bit on the back nine this afternoon. But I think the big takeaway for Neesmith is that he re now you'll realize now just the effect of adrenaline because he had some shots that went a lot farther, I believe, than he was expecting, especially the one up 17, and that turned into a bogey. So he'll now go, okay, well, I know how my body performs under the highest of pressures. I know what I can expect. So maybe the decision-making will be a bit cleaner tomorrow afternoon because still I think he's doing good stuff. Um, he's rolling it fine. He's in the ball great. Uh, so just managing adrenaline tomorrow, I think, will be his key. He is looking for his first career victory. This will be this is his 72nd career PGA Tour start, and there are some guys lining up behind to try to track down Davis Riley and Matthew Neesmith. We're going to talk about those guys. We're going to look at the odds, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Mark, it's not going to be easy for Davis Riley nor Matthew Neesmith to get the job done because there's a couple of big studs right behind. Justin Thomas, 15 under par. That's three shots back. He is plus 220, according to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook. Very similar odds to the plus 210 that Davis Riley is. And for JT, it's three consecutive 66s for the first three rounds. Only three shots back with a couple of guys uh, with ma- without much win experience at the top of the board. you got to think he's licking his chops. I'm sure he is. He's just got to get by the front nine tomorrow because he's done all of his work on the second nine this week. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he should be the favorites. You know, Davis is untested, although he has won at the other levels. But winning out here, this is kind of what you dream about. And when you're on the doorstep of your dream, you know, things get a little real. And then when as soon as you have one hiccup or maybe one misstep, then all of a sudden it's like that dream that's right there and it's within your grasp. It starts to crumble, and you have to work so hard to stay in the game mentally. And Justin Thomas has done all of that stuff, and he's playing great. I mean, he's hitting the ball just fantastically well, and he seems to have a bead on the green reading because early in the uh, event, he really didn't make very much at all, and all the putts that he hit, in my opinion, were sort of just nosediving late, and he was missing balls a little low and then missing high, and he just couldn't figure out the speeds. And then all of a sudden – he makes a bomb there on the 14th in the round in, in the first round. And it's like someone then just opened the spigot and he started to read them right and hit them right. And he started to just reel off birdies all over the place. So he's looking good. He's playing good. He's obviously super confident. He had said so last week that even despite the weekend where he didn't play that great or score that great, he played well. So he came in here feeling good. And now he's got a few uh, untested guys out in front. I'm sure he's liking his chances right now. Right there lurking with JT at 15 under par is Sam Burns. He's plus 350 over at Caesar Sportsbook. And he was shot out of a cannon on Saturday, Mark. He opened up Eagle Birdie to put a little pressure on that final group. And he would be the first to successfully defend his title if he could pull this off since Paul Casey did it. Yeah, something about this course and defending. Casey did it. And this course, too, given if you're Sam Burns or someone in the chase back, maybe a Hadwin, who also came from behind, incidentally, to force a playoff. Um, the course, the way it stacks up with the finish, holes 15, 16, 17, and 18, which are awfully demanding, all four of them, it likes you to post a little bit. Because if you post something that's a start target and the leaders get their 14, the last real legitimate look at a birdie, and they see the leaderboard that's right there or 15T, and they're like, oh my goodness, uh, there's, I don't know, 18, 19 under par in the house. That can get under your skin because making a few pass to finish is a tough ask. And then all of a sudden the pressure ratchets up and then those shot, the shot value is just raised too. And so it becomes awfully difficult. So for a Burns, I think he's sitting pretty. He's playing great. He didn't swing very well to me yesterday. We had him in feature groups coverage and he seemed a little late on everything and sort of salvaged the round, which was what champions and winners do. 
today looked a lot sharper. The distance control was there. The decision-making, he and Travis Perkins are doing a wonderful job, and he's keeping himself in it. So I think he's uh, in a good spot to perhaps post something and then uh, just see what happens. I'm fascinated by the final two groups, Mark. You've got Davis Riley and Matthew Neesmith. They're going out last, obviously looking to kind of uh, maybe have a comfortable pairing, see if one of them can break through. But the Lions of Justin Thomas and Sam Burns, they're going to be in that penultimate group. Maybe they can kind of work together, draft off of one another and try to put maximum pressure on that final group. Well, you would think so, but a lot of it I feel like it comes down to how you start and then how you play the stretch of holes 10, 11, 12, because there are legitimate looks there through the turn. So if you get a decent start and then you go holes 10, 11, 12, and you maybe pick up one or two there, then you're in good shape if you're a chaser because 13 is tough, 14 is the par five, that's no guarantee. And then, of course, the finish. And they write books about that place. So a lot of that and that drafting and all that sort of deal is they've got to gain strokes through that stretch. Because if they don't, then they got hard work in front of them. And then perhaps you start forcing the issue and you can't afford to do that, you know, risk of short siding or perhaps rinsing a tee shot down 16. So, yeah, they, they can certainly do the trick and pull each other along. But there are certain stretches of holes that you that you have to go and take advantage of. Well, unfortunately for Jacob's one-and-done selection, Adam Hadwin did not have himself a particularly strong Saturday. One under par, lost a little bit of distance to the rest of the field, and he's 20-1 to at Caesar Sportsbook. So the way that this shapes up, Mark, Riley, Thomas, Burns, and Neesmith, the only four golfers at Caesars shorter than 20 to 1. Very likely that the winner comes out of one of those four names. Would you like to prognosticate on who this victor is going to be? I just have a, I have a sense that it's one of the two rookies. They just look awfully poised right now. You talk about drafting. I feel like there'll be a little bit going on between the two of them and there's a whole lot of pride going there, and they're both playing really well. Now, Justin Thomas taking him down, that would be a David and Goliath story. Uh, to a, a smaller extent, it's the same thing with Sam Burns because, look, he's a player for the now, and a number of our fans on this podcast wanted him on the Ryder Cup team, and you've got to be a stud to be on that That's U.S. Right. team. Um, so, look, they're the big dogs, but that Davis Riley today, he proved something. Making a birdie two on top of JT on the 17th hole, I know it's only Saturday. He proved what he has, and, and he proved to himself that, look, I can hang. And uh, Matthew Neesmith did the same thing. He, he gained, and I'm talking your language now, I think it was nine and a half, half strokes in the field on Friday afternoon. And that was some golf, man. And he was out in the tough conditions then. So they both know they got it if they can arrange their emotions and, and, and just kind of dodge the odd adversity that is inevitable. I think one of them pull it off. Sleep well, Davis Riley. You are the favorite to win the Valspar Championship. You've got 18 holes to go. We'll see if you can get it done, and we'll be back after that final putt drops to break it all down. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Mark Immelman. You can find him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.